It could be anything. Once you put it above God or before God, it becomes an idol. And we know one of the commandments, the Bible says, is what? You have no other gods before you, right? So with that in mind, we're going to read chapter Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22. I will read and everyone can follow. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Everyone have it? Amen. Amen. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life, salvation? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is no, none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Right? Let me stop there. Jesus is going over the Old Testament way of how to obtain salvation. He told him to do what? Keep the commandments. Then verse 18, Jesus says, He said unto him, Which? He said to Jesus, Which? Jesus says, Thou shalt do not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 20. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? He's acknowledging that he still lacks something. So he's inquiring from God, What does he lack in order to achieve salvation or eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Thou wilt be perfect. Go and sell thou, go sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Amen? God bless the reading of his word. So, question church. Why was he sorrowful? The Bible said because he had great wealth and Jesus told him to go sell the wealth. Give it to the poor. Remember in the, in, in the previous, um, in all the scriptures, uh, Jesus told them the poor will be too always because they were criticizing the woman who washed his feet with the oil from the alabaster box and it was expensive and he could sell it to the poor. So that's not, that's not what Jesus is trying to do. Jesus is not trying to just get him to go and sell his stuff. Amen. Jesus was trying to show him that yet he said he keeps all the commandments. He doesn't. Because if anyone could have kept the law, if anyone could have kept all the commandments, then there would have been no reason for Jesus to come in the first place. Amen. Which commandment was this man unable to keep? Idolatry. Idolatry. What did this man put before God? His wealth. He had great, he was great in keeping all the commandments except for one. And we know what the scripture says. If you keep all but one, you are guilty of them all. Amen? Amen. Jesus 
was trying to show us. The same thing that was then is the same thing now. Man cannot keep all his commandments. Man cannot have salvation or enter into heaven by their own works of not sinning. So if man cannot do it by not sinning, then how do we obtain salvation? Amen? Amen. I remember Jesus even says, and Jesus continued to try to prove this point in other scriptures. He, he, he told them, he says, if any of you just look it at a woman lustfully in your hearts, you already committed adultery. If any of you um, hate your brother, you a murderer. Why was he saying these things? even though they were trying, is because he was trying to show them that they were self-righteous. They, 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 they believed that they were able to live a sin-free life, even though they were not living a sin-free life. Because sin is not only the wrong that you know you shouldn't do, yet you do. Sin is also the wrong that you don't know is wrong, and you do. So you could sin without knowing so Jesus told them, he said, any of you who divorced your wife, you may have heard adulteress. And any of you who married a woman that is divorced, you are an adulterer. Jesus wasn't trying to say, well, criticize and condemn anyone. He wasn't doing that. He was trying to show them that it's impossible for them to live a sin-free life. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he is our champion. Because he was able to do what we were unable to do. Amen, Amen church? Amen. He is our victory. He's our victory. He's our conqueror. He was the one that was able to complete the law for us. So that through him, we may become righteousness. And that's why he came. Because... If you are able to do it with willpower, with our own strength, our own might, our own intelligence, then he would not came. He said there is none good but God. So God had to came, had to come and do good to make us good. Now we could go forward and do good. And when we fall, we get up. We try again and we do good. But we'll keep falling, but we'll keep getting up. And after a while, like Pastor said, you wouldn't easily succumb to the same sin. David, many say David never did the same sin over and over again. He was not in lasciviousness. However, until the day he died, he still struggled with the same type of sin. Not the same sin, but the same type of sin. What do I mean? The sin that got David in trouble from the beginning was the lust of the flesh. When he saw the woman on the rooftop and he did all that he did. And then to the day he died, he had up with 200 or something concubines or even more, I misspoke. So he always had issues with the lust of the flesh. Right? But when he was corrected, he steered away from the individual ones, but he still always had that same issue. 
and God put David in the Bible, and God pointed those things out from David. The man just ruled who, who's a man after his own heart, so he could show us that David was so great, but yet it was not by his own works, because he still struggled with the same sin, the same type of sin, until the day he died. And he did this so he could show us that that would be the same situation like us as well because we're not God. But that's why Jesus came. He came so we could recognize that we have to leave and depend upon him. So the question is, if we can't be saved or if we can't go to heaven by not sinning or by not keeping all the commandments, then how? How do we go to heaven? How do we keep all the commandments? By not keeping all, how, how do we do it? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, shall not perish, but have everlasting life, shall have salvation. Whosoever do what? Believe it in him. So how do we get everlasting life? By believing in Jesus. Believe in what? Believing that He came, He died in our place for our sins, and He rose the third day, and that He set us free. And that's enough. I said that's enough. That is enough to get us into the gates. It's a reason why I have to stress this because. When we go to minister to people that are not born again, many times we want to tell them, hey, stop doing this, stop doing that. Nobody, nobody wants to come to what we have because we're not making it attractive enough. We're just coming off as condemning them. Right? But guess what? If we focus on sowing the seeds in their hearts and they believe in Christ, that is the first step. That is the first step. The other stuff of what they should and should not do, let them see it by the way we live. Amen. You have to be the Bible that they see. They don't read the Bible. You tell them things in the Bible, they're not going to understand it. The Bible said the sinner is blind to the things of the righteous. So no matter how much you preach it in the ears, it's going to go through one, come to the other. But just like a baby, we don't leave, we don't lose that trait that we have as a child, whereby we look and we observe what other people do. So live right, and then they'll follow the way you live. And then they'll be more attracted to the unsaved. And to the unsaved, just believe him. Just believe that he came and he died, and he's here for you. He's ready to represent and ready to love you. Just believe in him. And that's enough to get you a ticket into the pearly gates of heaven. Amen, church? Amen. Because what I want you to understand is that as human beings, we are focused a lot on the sin. That we make the sin more powerful than the Savior. The sin is not more powerful than the Savior. Because the Savior crushed the sin. He defeated the enemy. Once and for all time. He's not dying on the cross every time we sin. He died for our past sins. 
thief died for our present sins, and he died for our future sins. You see, in the times of the law, and the law was not the law was not given to us. The law was given to the Jews. In the time of the law, the people would bring their sacrifices to the priests to sacrifice for their sins in place of them. To sacrifice so that the curses of their sins would come upon them. And when they take that sacrifice to the priests, the priests don't look to see who's bringing it. The priests don't ask them, oh, what did you do this? Because every year they have to do the sacrifice. The priest then asks them, what did you do this year? What were your sins? What did you do? Did you have sex outside of marriage? Did you commit adultery? Are you a fornicator? Are you a drug dealer? The priest then asks those questions. What did the priest do? It's clear in the Bible. He would take the sacrifice and he would examine it to make sure it has no blemish. To make sure that the sacrifice is perfect. Because if the sacrifice is perfect, then you are good. But if the sacrifice is not perfect, then you are not good. You're going to get the curse. You're going to pay for your sins. But if the sacrifice is perfect, he gives them the thumbs up to let them know you're good. I'm here today to let you know that the blood of Jesus is more perfect than any lamb, than any turtle. The blood of Jesus is more perfect than any dove. Ours, the sacrifice that God sent for us is perfect. It's good. And because He is good, when God looked down, we are good. And we could enter if we just believe that the sacrifice is good enough. The sacrifice is sufficient. Paul said it best. He said, he, he cried out to God. And God replied to him and said, My grace is sufficient. It is sufficient. I'm not saying I'm giving you a license to sin. Because, truth be told, you've been sinning without the license. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I'm the only one here. I'm the, I'm, maybe maybe, maybe I'm, I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who fall and get up. I'm crying to God. I don't know. Because I didn't hear an amen. Or a hallelujah or you picked me up. I didn't hear any of that, so maybe I'm the only one. No. No. I'm not the only one here? No. I'm glad. I, I, I got some people in here with me that Amen. know how good His grace is. Yes, yes. Amen. This is not a license to sin. Why do we constantly think because we're free from the law, it excuses us to sin? The Bible said God, goodness causes us to change. So, he says that those who are forgiven much, love it much. So when you hear the great news of what he done for you and how much he forgiven you, you should be happy. You should love it more. You should want to do good. You shouldn't want to do bad. You shouldn't want to curse, lie, cheat, backslide. He said he's married to the backslide. You shouldn't want to do that because he's so good. But he does something for you that you know you don't deserve. You want to show it somehow. Yes. The Bible said when Abraham won the victory from the war against the kings, even though he had less men than them, and Melchizedek came, Abraham already got the victory. He went to Melchizedek, and he was so happy. The God was so good for him to deliver his enemies to his hands, 
that the Bible said he tied it 10%. Mm -hmm. He tied it to Melchizedek. He didn't do it because he wanted something. He did it because what God has done for him. Amen. And that's why when I pay my tithes, yeah. and that's why when I give, I give because of good he is to me. Yeah. Not because I want something from him. I already know he's my daddy. I already know he's going to look out for me. I already know he's going to provide all my needs. Yes. Yes. So we knowing that we're free from the law, we're free from sin, and all we have to do is believe in Jesus to enter the pearly gates. Yeah. Amen. Should not be an excuse to go and frustrate grace. So let's not think that way. Amen. Let's be happy and joyful like Abraham was. Amen. That it causes us to do something. It causes us to jump. Yes. Amen. Amen, church? Amen. Is anybody in here with me? Yes. Is anybody in here who God has done something for? Is anybody here who woke up this morning? Yes. Did he deliver you from something? Yes. I'm a, I can't be the only one. No. I can't be the only one having this joy in my heart. No. There gotta be somebody else in here today. Yeah. Has to be. Because they know he's a good God. Yes, he is. He caused the sun and the rain to fall yeah. on the just and the unjust. Yeah. That's enough for us to praise him. Yeah. Because if we don't, the rocks will. Yeah. The chairs will. Yes. Amen. The dogs will, the cats will. Yes. But we gotta do it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yes. Not because yes. he wants something, yes. because of who he is yes. and what he has done for you. Yes. He's such a good God. Yes, he is. He's such a good God. Yes, he is. So I want to go to our final scripture to show you the first time a person being born again and what this person that received salvation in the Bible did and this scripture is in Luke chapter 23 39-43 that is Luke chapter 23 39-43 God is good all the time all the time such a good God. You're worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. It's none like Him. There'll never be any after. There was none before, and there's none that is. He's God all by Himself. He's God all by Himself. He's God alone. He's God alone. Luke chapter 23. Verse 39 to 43. Oh, he's so good. He got me so riled up. All right. All right. I remember this week when that guy chased me with a knife. What? Oh, sorry, sister. For you were not here for the testimony. A guy was beating up on a lady in the road. I called the cops to help her. And then um, he was still beating up on the lady, trying to take her to some building. And I intervened. And he left the lady alone and he turned to me after she ran away and chased me with a knife. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't get me. I had my pepper spray. He couldn't get me because 
I've been working out now, uh -oh. and he couldn't keep up. He couldn't keep up to run across the street, and he, he was tired. He, was like, he started cursing because he couldn't help me. But I thank God because anything could have happened. But God gave me wisdom. He blessed me with these two feet. Yes. Amen. You gotta be grateful for everything. That's right. That day I did six hours of walking. Lord. That day I was working out. I did six hours of walking. And then I was chased with a guy with a knife. Mm. And these two feet still had some power All inside. Right. Of Amen. And he couldn't get me. Amen. But that's not enough for me to praise him today. Remember me. 
In other words, on death, he was he believed in Jesus and just admitting that he's a sinner and believing in Jesus, just those two things, he was able to do what? Enter the kingdom. Wasn't any righteous deeds that he done? No. He said for himself that what? 